I just have to jump in here and talk about this student debt forgiveness. Well, they're calling it forgiveness. It's really going to be a transfer to over to the taxpayers. And in one of my earlier podcasts, I covered the blight of student loan debt on America. But I just have to jump here in here and comment because President Biden has promised to cancel $10,000 worth of student loan debt or up to $20,000 of student loan debt if it was through a Pell Grant. And this will amount to $300 billion. But it's really not debt forgiveness. It's transferring it to the taxpayer. Somebody's going to have to pay, and it's going to be the U.S. taxpayer. This is wrong. Hello, everybody. I'm Janice Christensen, and this is The Tangled Angle. Here on this podcast, we address the tangled angles of conservative American values given to us by the Constitution while using facts and keeping it classy. I am a news junkie with a passion and interest in politics, government, and American history, and I spent 16 years in the halls of the Washington State Legislature supporting my husband, Dan Christensen, who is in the House of Representatives. Now with this podcast, I'm able to share and discuss what I've learned and experienced, along with some historical context of where we are on the timeline of history. Now I know this isn't a done deal, and it's going to get challenged in court, and it could be snagged up for months before it actually happens. Oh, just in time to not resolve this till after the midterm elections, which are in two months. However, this promise of forgiving, well, they're calling it forgiving, but erasing a portion of student loan debt on millions of Americans is just the Biden administration's way to buy some time and buy some votes for the upcoming election. Inflation's at an all-time high. Schools are falling apart. The country's a mess. And this is a way for them to buy votes. When these students go to college, they pay outrageous tuitions paid for by student loans. Who gives these student loans? The U.S. government. Colleges are in business to make money and pay their professors and staff. They're not to educate students. It's the same problem with K-12 education in America. It exists for those who work there to make money, not to educate the students and help them learn what they need to know as adults. This debt forgiveness or transfer to the taxpayer is to try and win votes. Isn't the timing of this suspicious? And the timing of this scheme puts into question what is, what's it really for? To help those get rid of their debt or to win a few votes in the upcoming midterm elections. And if this does go through and the forgiveness really happens, these recipients of this forgiveness will need to pay taxes on the money because the federal government will consider it income. Here, everyone else is the loser. We will pay a debt that isn't ours. What about those who have mortgages on their homes? What about those who have a boat loan or a car loan? Where does this end? Can the government just keep forgiving a debt? It's dividing us as a nation and pitting one group of select people against another, causing more division. What about those people who didn't go to college and who have paid their bills and worked hard to have little or no debt? This is rewarding those who went out and got student loans given to them by the U.S. government, and it further drives up the cost of a college education 
and encourages incoming students to take out loans thinking, oh, well, in the future, they'll, the government will just erase this debt anyway. And so it'll encourage more people to get more loans thinking in the future, the government's just going to erase it. I even hate to say forgive it. It's not forgiven because somebody's going to pay for it. And I hear other people commenting on this topic saying, yeah, 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 but what about all the people that took the PPP money and corporations that got hundreds of thousands of dollars throughout COVID from the government? What about them? They took the money. And what about all the people that got $300 per child per month in a tax credit throughout COVID to kind of like help them get through the pandemic or whatever the lame excuse the government gave about that? Well, this is all to make citizens dependent upon and rely upon the government in our slide towards socialism. If people are waiting for a government handout in whatever choices they make, they'll take the money. Well, those who take the money are beholden to the giver. This is, some say, this is reverse Robin Hood, taking from the poor and giving to the rich, meaning they're saying the poor people are the ones who don't have debt and who earn their own living. Why are they forced to pay a debt that isn't theirs that they didn't go out and get? (laughs) And there's so many really funny memes on the internet about this. One of them that I can think of is, if your women's studies degree isn't worth paying back, then why is it worth it for me to pay it back? And there's all sorts of funny memes on the internet about this. But no one has forced anyone to borrow for college. But, you know, I do have some empathy for these young adults. I really do have empathy for them because as an 18, 19, 20-year-old, they have no idea the value of a dollar, really. They have no idea to go out and borrow $20,000, $30,000, $50,000, $100,000. That's serious money. And often a lot of these young adults, fast forward 5, 10, 15 years later, the burden that they have been given when they were young and really didn't have the discernment or the knowledge to figure out, do I really want to borrow this huge amount of money And am I going to get a college degree that has some earning power to pay it back? So I understand that some of these people feel very angry and almost tricked and duped into getting these huge loans and getting a college degree that doesn't really have the earning potential to pay it back in a reasonable amount of time. And often their parents bought into this lie also that college is a, you know, college equals success and These young adults are said, oh, you got to go to college to succeed, even though 40% of everyone who enters college doesn't finish. So 60% of those who enter college graduate. And of the 60% who graduate with a bachelor's degree, only about 40% of them work in their field of study. Our own story is my husband and I saved for over 15, 16, 18 years for our own three kids to go through college, and they all did graduate from college debt-free, which I'm kind of wondering now, I think in the next generation of our grandchildren, I'm going to encourage them to not even go to college because I don't think the equity, inclusion, and, and diversity education and how the college education has been so diluted down to almost be meaningless unless truly if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer that's different but I think many many kids in the future will avoid college which I hope happens but our own three kids did go through school they worked we helped them with tuition and housing and so on 
They also worked and participated in the cost. And I remember one of our sons, he was so angry when he graduated from college because he didn't have any money. He had spent so much of it in college and paying for college and paying for his vehicle and gas for his vehicle and so on. And he was so upset that he didn't have anything in savings all through college. And we tried to explain to him. I remember having a phone conversation with him and I said, you are absolutely blessed to start at zero. Do you know how many kids are like $10,000, $20,000, $50,000 in the hole? I said, you're starting at zero. That's the best place because you're not beholden to anybody at this point. It's all up to you and you don't have that ball and chain around your neck of debt. And so we have encouraged our kids, do not take on debt. Do not take on credit card debt. Avoid debt at all costs. If you can't afford it, don't buy it. Well, except for maybe a home where getting a mortgage is really paying yourself back because you're building equity in a home. But that's our story as we told our kids, avoid debt and do not go into debt, especially when you're so young and not really fully understanding the weight and the responsibility to have to pay back a debt. So what are all these people paying for if it doesn't even benefit them on the back end? to have jobs that will earn them a good living. In his book, College Scam, Charlie Kirk has some really interesting information in there. And he talks about the endowments of these public and private colleges and universities around the nation. And an endowment in a college or university is basically the money they have on hand to pay for what they need to pay for. And many alumni of these colleges and universities give, I read the last statistic, $44 billion was given last year into the endowment funds of all the colleges and universities in America. That's serious money. College endowments play a significant role in the ranking of universities. Schools with larger endowments tend to stay at the top of the rankings. And these rankings are often what the universities use to spread the perception of their prestige, the value of their education, and the perceived value of going there. Because if the endowment is huge, surely this must be an amazing university. U.S. News & World Report recently ranked universities on a couple of different parameters. However, the five highest ranked universities in the U.S. News & World Report also happen to be the exact same universities with the five largest endowments in the country. So a lot of these endowments are used to rank universities and it has nothing to do with the quality of the education of the students who go there. In his book, Charlie Kirk has listed what are the size of some of these endowments. Harvard University, 41 billion. Yale, 31 billion. Stanford University, 29 billion. Princeton University, $26 billion, and on and on it goes. Billions and billions of dollars that these universities have. Why are they not trying to help some of these students pay for the college tuition price? Because colleges and universities are in the business to make money. They are not in the business of education. And so, yeah, yeah, some of these colleges and universities are really really prestigious. So I thought, what about here in our own state of Washington? What are some of the endowment amounts? Well, I did some research and it was difficult to find, but digging through the internet, Washington State University in Pullman, their endowment 
is $650 million. UPS, University of Puget Sound, $378 million. Gonzaga, $313 million. These are all private schools. Whitworth, $165 million. So I thought, well, what about the public schools? Well, WSU is obviously a public school. They had $650 million skyrocketing way above any private university. And the big daddy in our state, University of Washington, $4.8 billion in their endowment. Why is not the University of Washington reducing tuition when they have $4.8 billion in endowment money? Where does that money go? I don't really know what it's paid for. I didn't dig into it. It's probably to maintain their campuses and to offer all sorts of sports scholarships and so on. But certainly with $4.8 billion, the University of Washington could alleviate student tuition prices. College debt now equals $1.75 trillion in the United States. And what happened with this whole student loan debacle is before President Obama was in office, private lenders gave student loans. And so you could go to a bank or any other sort of lending institution, and they would offer college tuition dollars, college loans. But under President Obama, probably the worst president in my lifetime after President Jimmy Carter, Obama took all of the student loan business and federalized it. He expanded this crisis and he added about a trillion dollars of student loan debt into the federal government. And many student loans up until that time were loans that originated from private institutions. But after Obama, which is about 2010, 2011, he eliminated the federal guaranteed loan program, which let private lenders offer student loans at low interest rates. And now the Department of Education is the only place to go to get a student loan. And Obama sold this government takeover of the student loan industry it is an industry as a way to save money that he thought, you know, the reasoning was, well, why bear the cost of guaranteeing these private loans? Because the U.S. government would back a lot of these private loans, he said, when the government could cut out the middleman and lend the money itself. So Obama saw a cash cow and all the interest payments that all these student loan debts were accumulating and said this should be flowing into the U.S. Treasury. But what happened after this was an explosive growth in the amount of federal student loan debt. And Obama encouraged the irresponsibility on the part of student borrowers. And again, I've said this on my podcast before that in Proverbs, in the Bible, it says the borrower is slave to the lender. And so what a perfect way to make millions and millions of people basically slaves to the U.S. government because they owe them so much money in student loan debt. So where's this going to end up? I'm thinking, where's this going to go? Well, first of all, who knows if it ever is going to go through. And if the promise that Biden has said is, oh, we're going to give forgive student loan debt. And again, I hate that word forgive because it's just transferring it to someone else. Who? Well, who is it transferring to? Everyone else that doesn't have a student loan. Everyone else who didn't take out the debt. You know, and I bet this is snagged up in the courts and this is going to be snagged up in bureaucracy until after the midterms. But all the people are getting excited about, oh, a portion of my debt could be forgiven. So I think I'm going to vote for the Democrats. Well, never, ever, ever trust the government. Never. It is a hostile, heartless, soulless entity that will destroy you if you trust it. As Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia said, Quote, the transformation of charity into legal entitlement has produced 
donors without love, and recipients without gratitude, end of quote. And I know here in this quote, he's talking about charity and charitable giving, but the same thing happens when people receive an entitlement, when people receive a forgiveness of a loan, when people receive something that they didn't earn from a donor that doesn't have love. For charity to be charity has to be given in love and received in love. And when people experience student loan forgiveness, it's from this big government entity that is heartless and soulless. And it creates slaves to the system because they're counting on this heartless and soulless system to take care of them. So it's very dangerous to trust the government that has no heart and no soul and no personality. This huge, gigantic entity that has no concern for the lives of its citizens. Only the citizenry care about their country. And those who are in government usually only care about their power. So we'll see if the student loan forgiveness or student loan transfer of debt to the taxpayer really happens. I know that it is illegal for Biden to do it. It takes an act of Congress to do this kind of thing. But this administration has broken many constitutional rules already and many constitutional principles. So we'll see where it goes. If you like this podcast, please hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you listen on. And please share it with a friend.